Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 740. I would have to say don't doubt yourself. Positive thoughts bring positive results. And don't blame the lettuce for not growing. It might just need some fertilizer. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Michael DePleco. Hey, Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah, I am. All right. We're going to have some fun. Michael DePleco is an automotive photographer who attended his first motorsports event way back in 1971 at Watkins Glen. Francois Servais won his first GP race that day by passing Jackie Stewart in the closing laps. And since then, Michael has been capturing moments with his camera in all sorts of areas. But after 30 years as a professional photographer, he chose to focus on motorsports exclusively. He's chased the America Le Mans series, IndyCar, and has settled nicely into the world of fine motor cars and vintage racing, two are my favorite automotive genres. He travels to cover events from automotive publications and auction houses, and you can regularly see his photographs in print and on the web in publications like Sports Car Digest, Vintage Race Car, Vintage Road Car, sounds like books I get in the mail, Vintage Motorsports, Racer Classic Cars, Octane, Best Car, and Goodwood Road Racing, just to name a few places that you can enjoy Michael's photography. So, Michael, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment, share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? My career started probably when I was 12 years old, when I sold my first uh, image to the Poughkeepsie Journal, where I grew up. For automobile loving, I, I, I remember being like in my grandfather's shop, who was a tailor, and he had all these large machines that I didn't I never knew anything about, but was intrigued by the, the pressing machine, especially because it's steam popped and things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and um, going from there, uh, my father had a 1959 Chevy Nomad, a station wagon, and I remember sitting on the bumper of it and pointing at a hole in the battery, and he said I was going to be his little mechanic. <laughs> and I said that was, that, that was about my, my introduction to automobiles was sitting on the bumper of my dad's car. There was a couple of people that lived in our the old neighborhood in Poughkeepsie that uh, well, we like to call them greasers, but they, they did a lot of work on their own cars. They built hot rods. Their kids had go-karts, and they were the envy of the, the neighborhood. Yeah. From there, I mean, I didn't really buy a car until I was like 17 years old in high school. My passion for it, I said, wouldn't start it about, oh, until 71, when it all clicked, sort of clicked together when... Uh, I was at Watkins Glen. I saw the race. We came back a couple weeks later for the six hour, and that was really it. It was it was just me and cars. And uh, my wife actually didn't think I knew so much about it when I moved into this field. So it's like <laughs> it, it's been with you forever and ever and ever, ever and ever and ever. In fact, I, somewhere in my office here, I have my very first Hot Wheels car somewhere. Ah, uh, yes. So, Michael, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that has been instrumental in forming your life and your success in your career, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Michael, take the wheel. Uh, to me, uh, photography is an art of observation. Uh, it's more about finding int interesting 
in the ordinary place. Uh, I found it has little to do with things you see and everything the way you see it. Mm. This, uh, this little quote comes from a guy named Elliot Erlwitt, who was a Magnum photographer, uh, and he was able to show the humor and the, the human touch in his work. Uh, you would laugh at one photograph and cry at another. Mm. And, and I try to do that with, with my work, where it's how I see it, but how can I relay it to you where you feel the same emotion that I do? Very nice. You know, my son is a graduate of uh, RISD, Rhode Island School of Design, and I've been taking him to car events since he was a little boy. And at a certain age, I started handing him one of my extra cameras because I've done a lot of photography over the years. And what was incredible to me is we'd be at the same events, but he had a whole different perspective. And I think part of it was his height and his age and how he viewed things. But his photography was so different. And I think that's the great thing about great photographers, your your photography included, is that ability to see something that's normal but differently. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about here, right? I agree with that, yes. Um, I, I think everybody sees differently. I, I heard an expression once where they said, give a, give a camera to 10 different guys, stand them around, take the same shot, and you'll get 10 different shots. Yeah, yeah. One guy will use a slow shutter speed, another guy a high speed, you know, another one would pan, another one would lay down. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, we can't say which is best because, again, you know, photography is, a, is, is just like art. It's in the, art, uh, in the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. Well, you kind of alluded to some of this before in the intro. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You, you talked about being your dad's helper there and then the neighbors with the cool cars. But is there one pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were indeed a car guy? I, I guess it probably was. Um, we're close to Lime Rock Park. And uh, during race weekends up there, we would have some really marvelous cars uh, coming into Poughkeepsie. And it's only like a 35, 40-minute drive. And and I bumped into a GT40 outside of a bar called Squires. Oh, yes. And I think that was the day that it really kind of, you know, it could have been that day. It could have been the day that I, I, I saw a Fiat a Barth. Uh, and then there's a Chris Italia that, w- that was parked up in the same area. And, and you know, Dyson, Dyson Racing's out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we made trips up to Lime Rock, you know, it was one trip back in high school, early, early. That, that, yeah, I, I would think that was it. I think it was. I think it was the GT40 that really made it made it click for me. Uh, yeah, I think so. A GT40. Oh my gosh! If that car doesn't excite you, you're definitely not into cars at all, or you've got your eyes shut <laughs> for sure. Well, Michael, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and have you share a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your career, and of course. As I always say, the most important part of this is the lesson that came out of us. So tell us about that experience and how it helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career or your business. I guess the the biggest challenge was when I decided to take a hobby, which was my photography of cars at racetracks, and make that into a profession. Uh, and the part of that struggle was really I, I'm not that much of an outgoing guy. Uh, you can hear my voice breaking up here. Uh, <laughs> And I had to, I had to adapt quickly to being able to meet people, go up, introduce myself, shake hands, and, and you know all that other kind of good stuff. And uh, you know, I had I had some friends who really helped me out, and they said to him, you know, people that like, you know, hey, give this shot to Michael, you know, he, he'll go out and kill it for you. And mm-hmm. the biggest lesson I took away from it actually goes back to my photography, the studio days, was when somebody said, after showing my portfolio, I was a little dejected because they, you know, I was rejected for the job. And he said to me, it's not 
that they're rejecting you or your portfolio, your work. You're just not what they need for this job. Right. And I, I think I walked away. I did walk away from that conversation, probably enlightened to the fact that they, they aren't rejecting me. And there's going to be lots of that kind of stuff throughout my life. So yeah. when I did make the move, when I made the move into uh, motorsports, uh, I had to apply a lot of stuff that I learned. And I've really come out, maybe you could call it a shell or whatever, because now I'm a little more outgoing and some people can't shut me up. <laughs> well. It's a great lesson in life. You know, I studied design and business in college, and it was a really interesting experience because I would spend half the day in the, the graphic arts department at the university and then the other half in the business department. You couldn't be two further places apart from the kind of people that I was surrounding myself with. But in the design studies, you would do critiques, and that's where you learn to get some thick skin because you'd spend weeks or nights working on these projects and the professor and or the other students would critique your work and sometimes they would rip it to shreds and you had all this blood and guts into this piece and they just tear it apart and you stand there like going, what? I'm a failure. But yeah, it helped you get a little stronger and understand that. And, you know, you're right. Sometimes when we heard the word no or I don't care for that, it's just – at that time, it's not a good fit right now. It's not a personal attack on you. So it's it's a good lesson to learn and uh, certainly one that we're happy you learned because of the photography that you present us with these days. So good job there. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I think you alluded to one when you had this pivot and this change to focus on your passion for cars and photography. But tell us about your aha moment and how it helped you move forward. I was at Sebring. And it was during an American Le Mans race, and and, and a fella who uh, does a lot of work for, for Audi and and for a few things for GM now, especially. And he was, they were going to shoot the uh, the Audi P1 car out on the front straightaway, and um, he asked me just to tag along with him. And I love doing static shots of cars, and working with him that just one afternoon, it was it was sort of like, I know I can do this. All I need is to have the contacts. Mm -hmm. So I talked with Richard a little bit more, and Richard helped me move into some of the things with other teams. And that was the aha moment when I said to myself, I can do this, and I'm good enough to do this. You yeah. Know? yeah, that self-affirmation that comes into play when you realize, you know what, I can do this. This is pretty cool. This is fun. I can wrap my passion into my career. So once again, I'm glad you uh, you had that aha moment. How about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one that really stands out for you? Proudest moment. Um, I met some women uh, down in the city. And I was telling them how I, I lived upstate, and we had a house upstate, and I was still in, in, in Manhattan. Well, they wound up coming up, and they wound up buying the house below us. And one of the women uh, went to work for a, a large, rather large tire manufacturer. And I got to know her pretty well. I'm a photographer. She's a VP of marketing and communication. So I, I just seemed to click. I never actually asked her for work, but... Uh, I got a phone call about three, four weeks after they bought the house, and she said, no, come out to Detroit for the North American Auto, Auto Show. And I went out to Detroit and had a nice a nice run of five years with with, with this tire manufacturer. Holy cow. Yeah, that was that was a good trip. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it was a good trip. And, and even though we had some, you know, we had growing pains the first year because this is the first year they were trying this kind of thing out, and it really worked. And I, I have to tell you, the team really 
put everything into it, and it came out very well. Oh, awesome. And the only reason I'm not doing that aspect of work for them anymore is that they moved on to something different, a crowdsourcing kind of thing. And it's actually quite nice, to be honest with you. Very cool. Nice story. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have of that vehicle. <laughs> it would have to be my first car. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a 1963 Volvo 544. Okay. <laughs> I, I bought the car. You know, it was not too special, but it's a, you know, it's a classy little car if you really look at it. And, you know, it, a four-speed, the seats folded down into a bed of the car. It had some class to it. And I brought it to the, in, the inspection place, and they put it up on the lift to check the brakes, and they thought the car was going to break in half. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so... <laughs> They had a sticker on an inspection sticker on the windshield that went to October. They didn't scrape it off, and I drove the car to to October when I when I totaled it. By we were drinking and driving one night. And, uh, I was actually seventeen, and I was in a bar that uh, served minors. And I went out to visit my girlfriend at four a.m. and uh, <laughs> I crashed the car. And yeah, oh. uh, when it rolled, uh, the the motor came loose of the motor mounts, and that's you know it taught me a lot because I didn't I have never drank and drove since then. And, um, you know, because they picked up the lump that was over the hill and it rolled down the other side of the hill. So they oh said, God. is this your motor when it came up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does this belong to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah, that's that was my. Uh, yeah, I really loved that kind of car. And I, I, I think it was a very special car because now I see them today and they're in the collector markets and and, and you see them at, uh, at car shows a great deal. And, and yeah, it had a corner of a, a corny kind of coolness to it. You know, that car to me, the 544 Volvo was really interesting because you look at when that car was being sold in the early 60s, it looked like something out of the 40s. Yes. It was like it never got out of its own design way in a sense. And remember, we had a neighbor in our street that had one. And I, when I first saw it, I thought it was like a really ancient car. And this was when I was a little boy in the mid 60s. Mm. The little kid said, no, it's a brand new car. My dad just bought it. I'm like, that's not brand new. <laughs> I mean, compare that to our Le Mans that we have, the Pontiac Le Mans my parents had, or the Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser. It didn't look anything like that. So very, very interesting first car. Well, how about a car that you've owned and let go? Is there one that you have seller's remorse over? Well, I never sold it. And um, the car was given to me, actually. Uh-huh. It, was a, it was a Fiat 1100D. Oh. This car... It was kind of fun to drive as a little boxy four-door, four-speed on the column. And it was anemic. I mean, the thing couldn't chase itself down. I tell you, it was bad. But it was such a nice little car. And it's a car that I really learned on how to repair things myself. Mm-hmm. It taught me a lot. And when it was time for me to, to get rid of the car, you know, I gave it away. Uh, just the way I got it. Somebody gave it to me, and then I gave it away. Uh, of course, the, the person I gave it to didn't treat it as well as I did. And I heard it met at a bad end. But, oh. you know, maybe I chose the wrong person to give the car to. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but the 1100D is a, is a quite a nice car. In fact, I saw one at a Concorde the other day. Uh, it was a wagon type. And I went, hmm, I want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That That's a really interesting car. And I think if I remember right, the wagon had a funky name. It was like Familiar or something. Or fa- yes, fa- yes. Yeah, yeah. Those cars are Interesting, because they look like they've been squished from the front and the back. Just kind of like somebody pushed them in a little bit. At least that's the way I always view them. But uh, very interesting car. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on right now that has you really excited this year and really fired up? I've been working on a, on a project outside of automobile, but still transportation uh, related. It's called Trailer Trashed. And, and I'm really <laughs> happy about this project. Okay. okay, this sounds now you've got my interest. 
<laughs> I was shooting a rally out in Sullivan County and uh, getting between one stage and another. I, I found this big blue trailer in this field. And it was just so cool that I, I took a few photographs. And we ran into the guy who owned the property on the way out. He says, what are you doing? And we told him, we're cutting through for stage, going to the stages. And I asked him about the trailer. And he told me that he actually grew up in it and went out there and donkeys lived in it. <laughs> and it kind of like sat in the back of my head for a while. But over the seven, eight years that I've uh, since I found that trailer, I've shot dozens of them across the country and all types of disrepair and, you know, the earth recovering the resources that went into building these things. And we just hung the show um, at a gallery and it, it's coming down actually tomorrow. Uh, and it was well received and I was very happy about it. Wow. So these are old trailers you found just kind of in derelict states of being and you've photographed them in a really unique way so that they, they kind of have a – they tell a story without telling a story, if you will. Yes. Yes, they do. Cool. Um, I have in my office this little toy bunk beds and they're not even the size of a Barbie dolls, but uh, they're – I found them in a trailer. It was the only thing in there. And people have lived and died in these things and you just get a little touch of what they were like. The show moves up to Saratoga Auto Museum uh, up in uh, Saratoga Springs on the 27th. It opens the 8th. Oh, cool. So people can go explore it there and see it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're working on a, a nice little project with them. They have an auction coming up uh, later on this year, and we're doing all the auction cars for them. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of running around, shooting a lot of different kind of cars. Very cool. So, some interesting things and some that aren't that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You're having fun. You know, this this trailer trash series you've done is really intriguing to me. I had a, a photographer on the show, a friend of mine from San Diego, back where I used to live down there, John Straub, and he's done some really beautiful photography. He's gone out in the desert and shot these old derelict gas stations and trailers and signs and things. Just kind of, they just kind of have this eerie story feel about them, if you will. So you almost expect a zombie to come walking out of them or something <laughs> like that. But uh, oh, very cool. Well, I'll make sure I put a link on your show notes page here at carsyad.com where people can find out where your uh, show is going to be. So if they're in that part of the United States, they can go check it out. Very interesting. Here's a very introspective question for you, Michael. If you were a car, what kind of car would Michael be and why? Well, I, I, I thought about this. And, you know, we have a bug-eyed Sprite. And the bug-eye is a happy car. Yes. I don't know anyone who doesn't look at it and doesn't smile. Mm -hmm. And And... I would think I'd be the bug-eyed Sprite. I like that. I like that very much. You know, another past guest on the show, Keith Martin, who is the publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine, He's he just uh, has a little bug-eyed Sprite for his uh, young son. He's not old enough to drive yet, but that's going to be his first car. And uh, just on Facebook last week, uh, his son went and did a first startup of starting that car up. He can't quite yeah, reach I the saw that. Did you see uh -huh. that? Yeah, isn't that fun? Yeah. So that's uh, what came to mind when you were talking. But yeah, the bug-eye, you got to smile. So. I think you're the first bug eye sprite, Michael. I like that very much. It fits your personality very nicely. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm always grinning. So yeah, that's important to smile. It's really important. It makes you feel good. I'm supposed to release some great endorphins into your body too. So I try to smile as much as I can. I get to smile a lot talking to all the great guests I have here on Cars. Yeah. So Michael, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars. Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers 
for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Michael, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Ready. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? If it's not broken, don't fix it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a good one. I should have, I wish I had learned that a lot younger in life. Oh my gosh. Got myself into trouble a few times. Messing with stuff I should have left alone. Four-wire systems? <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Persistence. Very important trait in a uh, entrepreneur, for sure. Persistence and tenacity. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great ones, but is there one that you'd like to share with us? I would say, you know, the the internet is... Just go out and Google anything. Photographer and look at work that people do. I mean, I do it all the time to see what people are doing and 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 new techniques and keep fresh to see what they're doing. Yeah, and it's the best. Yeah, it's incredible. And I, I just had a guest on the show recently who somebody had asked her, uh, "Have you ever Googled yourself?" And she said, "No." And so she went and did, it and she was amazed <laughs> what she found. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh, uh, nothing bad." But uh, yeah, you I never was know. Just say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a great lady, uh, Judy Stropas. She's a guest on Cars yeah, and just an uh, uh, incredible past in her uh, history of journalism and racing and all sorts of things. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? Tazio. Ooh, yeah. What what is it about him that intrigues you so much? Well, he started sort of late. He was 24 when he started racing motorcycles and 32 when he started racing cars. And he has won everything. And if you think about his victories from 20, 1924 
just the stories of the things that he did, you know, and had a problem with Enzo. You know, he went to race a, a, an MG at, at, at the Nürburgring. Yeah, yeah. And, and he beat the hell out of the Audis in front of the Nazis, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the man had a set on him, you know what I mean? Yeah, a very yeah, intriguing man, uh, for sure. That would be pretty cool. You're the first one to mention old uh, Nuvolari, Tazio Nuvolari, there we go. Yeah, I've gotten some interesting answers to that fairly new question here on Cars, yeah, but you're the first one with uh, the Taz, so very nice. I like that. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? Well, there's two of them, actually. Carl Lopez wrote something going, called Going Faster, and they use it for the Skip Barber School. And I went to Skip Barber when I was 50, and I met Carl. And the book is marvelous. Even if you don't use a, you drive a race car, you can convert a lot of that information into your street car. And the other one is more of a life kind of book. It's The Art of Communicating by Technocon. Nice. Yeah. The Art of Communicating, oh, so important. Fantastic. Well, great book recommendations. And listeners, I'll remind you, you can find these books on the Cars Yeah website under the tab Guest Recommended Books or on Michael's show notes page. Just type Michael DiPleco. His last name is D-I-P-L-E-C-O in the search bar, and you'll find uh, these two books and all the past great recommendations by the guests here on Cars Yeah. And I made it really easy for you for quick, easy clicks to buy. All right, Michael, we're up to the last question here and this last one can be a bit of a doozy if you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage uh this is something that you can't buy or sell rather and buy a bunch of cool stuff with but money's no object today so don't worry about that i'm going to buy anything you'd like what would that vehicle be and why it's going to cost you a lot of money Uh oh okay i'm ready i'm, I'm sitting down 166 mm oh my gosh okay yeah that one is a ferrari of course the little barquetta I believe we're talking about. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. The little yeah. boat. What is it about the little boat that you love so much? Hi. The curves on that car are so sublime. Mm, yeah. It's got a gaping mouth and it just wants... <laughs> a gaping just, mouth. That's a nice way to say it. You know, and again, it's just a beautiful, beautiful sublime car. And it's race history. Um, you could campaign it if you wanted to you know they ran one what was it last year two years ago in italy at the millie so yeah that would be the car the 166 oh man yeah you're gonna cost me a pretty penny today that's for sure but uh yeah carlo uh Enderlo- i believe is the right way to say is his last name the designer of that just simple clean wonderful little car and i remember being on the lawn at pebble beach i hope you were there when they had them all lined up, they had a whole bunch of them there. I missed that. Oh, uh, I'll have to send you a picture I took. But there was like 10 or 12 of them just lined up. It was incredible. Ah, beautiful car. Beautiful car for sure. I got to spend a whole day shooting one of those cars once for a catalog cover owned by a local guy here. And the best thing is he actually drives his cars. He's taken it to Millet and had a great time. So, ah, nice choice. Nice choice. You're going to have to build a garage for me, though, also. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> You're the first one to ask for a garage and a car. So, you know, since you're the first one, I'll go ahead and do that, too. So no problem. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to have a new sponsor on Cars. Yeah, Metron Garage. Uh, Tim Hogue, who's a architect who designs custom garages for people. So uh, but I'll call Tim up, send him over. He'll design you a really cool garage. I'll find you a 166, and you'll be a happy guy. So I will be. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'll be broke, but that's okay. Yeah, for you, Michael, I'll do anything for spending the day with me here at Cars, yeah. Well, Michael, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed 
your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 166mm barquetta? Uh, I was just looking. I was just thinking nice about thought. that. I know. Isn't that a nice thought? I got uh, distracted there. Yeah. I would have to say, don't doubt yourself. Positive thoughts bring positive results. And don't blame the lettuce for not growing. It might just need some fertilizer. <laughs> Very nice. I like that one. First time I've heard that. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow along with all the great photography you're doing these days? Uh, I have a website, which is just uh, michaeldeplecco.com. Easy, easy to find. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to that website and much more on Michael's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Michael in the search bar and that page will pop up. I would encourage you to check out his website. Check out the uh, wonderful photography. See things the way Michael sees things, which will be different than the way you see things. And I think you're going to be very, very happy with what you see. Michael, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. And I want to thank you for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!